next 45 minutes or so as we break down another golf tournament uh, coming off uh, a wild week of golf with the uh, the match play and the Corrales uh, championship last week. So uh, it turns out that uh, Scotty Scheffler is prime Tiger Woods right now, and that's uh, the way things went in the uh, the match play. So uh, it was chaotic as usual and uh, lots of uh, chalk plays not getting through the group stages, but that's what we warned you last week. Expect the unexpected when it came to the match play. And I'll bring in my co-host, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious. And Noto, uh, how was the week for you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we talked ourselves out of Scheffler. You know, 11K for a guy that's won, you know, two of his last four starts. No way he can win again. Uh, but he proved us wrong. And, you know, he was pretty great throughout the week. I think Fitzpatrick was the closest to beating him. He had like a 10 footer in the, in that playoff and uh, ended up missing it. And those are the breaks that you need uh, in order to win, you know, these kind of events, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I couldn't really sweat it much while I was out there. You know, I was busy getting drinks and food and souvenirs and no service to sweat, you know, any of the golfers on the holes. So, um, you know, going to an event, it's a great experience, but not great for the sweat. That's for sure. So would you say that it's better for the sweat at a stroke play event then if you're there in, in person? I mean, I think it's better at home. You got all your, you got <laughs> obviously your it's better open. at home, but you got your TV working. I don't know. You just don't see a lot of golf shots. You're trying to, you know, track, you know, your favorite golfers and uh, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I didn't, uh, you know, see a lot of golf. I had to watch, you know, the, the re the recap, the highlights uh, on golf channel when I got home each night and, uh, so it was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, definitely prefer the sweat from home. That's for sure. My go-to when I would go to the John Deere classic was to play like 50% of three random guys that were in the same group, like not the three most notable guys in the field, because that's who the whole crowd follows, but like three guys with reasonably good chances to make the cut and not going to have a big group following them and play like 50% of all three of them and then follow that group around the course for the first two rounds. So that was my way to sweat the DFS lineups and still go in person. Uh, but I imagine that would have been significantly harder, obviously with the match play. If you're watching a match, you, you can't play both of the guys. So uh, yeah, definitely a lot harder for the sweat, but uh, definitely a, a fun experience, I'm sure. So uh, the Corrales, we also had that last week. So I didn't get a ton of lineups in the match play. I, I They filled kind of early. Uh, the big tournaments. So I played more lineups. I put like a hundred lineups in the big GPP for the Corrales. I had 75% of my lineups get either five or six Ooh. golfers through the cut. And the field average was like 35, I think like five there two or 3%, six to six. And I had 15 or 16. Um, so, I mean, I had lineups all over the place. And one of my best lineups ended up being five guys in the top 10 plus Nick Hardy, who missed the cut by bogeying his last two holes. Um, I didn't go back and do the math to see what he would have needed on the weekend for me to ship it. But anyway, I cashed with like 62 out of a hundred lineups and I only made like 500 bucks. It was very, it was an unsatisfying good week uh, because, uh, you know, I had so many lineups with a chance, um, but, uh, in the match play, you know, thank goodness. Cause I didn't have much shuffler. So glad I didn't get too much invested in there, but, uh, and the Corrales, I mean, it was the guys that, uh, we talked about the, the corn Ferry tour graduates, uh, coming up on the PGA tour, Alex Smalley had a really good week. Chad Ramey ended up winning. So, I mean, those tournaments can be difference makers for those guys that are looking to get their W and catch their break. And, you know, obviously the money and, uh, and all the exemptions that come along with the win. So Ramey, that was a big win for him. 
Yeah, big win for him. Big week for Ben Martin, too. He's been grinding forever. I think uh, I think he locked up something, didn't he? I saw him uh, in tears afterwards. Yeah, um, now I forget. I, uh, da, 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 da. But yeah, uh, I had a good week at Corrales, too. I only made one lineup, didn't really sweat it much. Uh, I had five or six, so... Uh, maybe next year we just, uh, you know, let everyone else focus on the match play. That's uh, just volatility galore. And we, uh, we uh, focus on, on Corrales. There um, <laughs> you go. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's a lot of fun. I always like having the double sweat. Um, you kind of feel like if one of your events is dead, the other one, you know, still has some hope. So that's always a lot of fun. And like you mentioned, it's just a, it's a good opportunity for, for a lot of those golfers. Anything else, uh, takeaways from either tournament or the match play uh, with uh, with how your lineups shook out? I mean, hard to believe Scheffler is number one in the world. Um, you know, just a couple months ago, I think he was outside of the top 10, but a bunch of good finishes at the majors and three wins in his last five starts. That'll do it. So um, really impressive to see him get it done on three different tracks like that. Uh, Dustin, <laughs> you knew he was going to just flop in that uh, consolation match there at the end. Uh, I wish I would have had a, you know, a bookie. I could have hammered uh, Connors in that one. But, um, yeah, it's a fun event. I always love the match play. I think it's a good course for it. I uh, hope they keep it going. Um, a lot of people hate on the pool play, but I kind of like it just because you feel like your golfers, you at least get an extra sweat um, for another day or two when you have, you know, that pool play. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's kind of double-edged sword because you feel like if your guy loses the first day, you know, the yeah. odds of him advancing are really slim. And uh, But then you see the ones that go to a playoff, and uh, I don't know, it's it's just so unique and it's certainly fun to talk about for a week um, and, and, you know, see how things are going. And, and one of the interesting things about last week was that Rory McIlroy decided to skip last week in order to play this week, which is rare. Uh, he almost never does that, but maybe looking to change things up ahead of the major. And you always wonder what guys' angles are, um, you know, heading into this week. And just from a general strategy standpoint, then we'll start breaking down the golfers. But you look at a guy right now, we've got Corey Connors as the second highest guy owned golfer in the field. Dude played seven rounds last week, um, you know, in, in versus Rory, who's intentionally decided to schedule this instead of last week. So, um, what do you make of the motivation angle for guys that are in the Masters next week or guys who maybe got through the group stage and played a lot of rounds last week? I mean, it's probably something that we're going to talk about that's not going to have you know a lot of bearing on how they do this week. Uh, but like you mentioned, I mean, Connor's played 36 holes on the weekend um, or each day on the weekend. That's a lot. Um, he did get one of his rounds off since Paul Casey you know, only played one hole or whatever it was. But still, I mean, that's a ton of golf um, and it was hot out there. You know, we were we were dying just walking around. Um, so I can't imagine, you know, golfing, you know, 36 holes a day. So I got to think fatigue sets in a little bit. Uh, I did bump him down a little bit. I'm probably not going to have a ton of Connors. We can get there in a minute. But I do think it's certainly an advantage if uh, golfers didn't play last week or ended up having an early exit from from the match play. All right, so this week we've got the annual Valero Texas Open in advance of the Masters. TPC San Antonio will be the host course this week. A relatively underwhelming field, but uh, uh, I don't know. I think you like it a little better than me, so maybe you can sell me on a few guys throughout the show. But uh, what do we have for a, for a course this week? I don't know. I mean, last year I think uh, Hoffman and Spieth were the two favorites, and they ended up coming first and second. So, I mean, this year we got, you know, we got Rory, we got Bryson, we got – couple of big names uh, in the field. So I don't think it's terrible the week before a major, um, especially with, you know, so many guys teeing it up last week, but 
TBC San Antonio, par 72, um, over 7,400 yards, designed by Greg Norman. So uh, I'm sure the PJ Tour loves us talking him up this week um, with the Saudi angle and all that stuff going on. Um, as far as off the tee, pretty narrow fairways. Um, they're tough to hit. And I've heard differing reports. You know, Some of the golfers have said the rough isn't penal at all. Uh, and I've heard other reports saying it is penal. So I'm going to try to dig into that a little bit more throughout the week. But uh, either way, uh, the greens are going to be tough to hit. So uh, approach play is going to be important. These greens are tiered. So you want to be able to you know, hit your approaches to the right sections of the greens. Um, I think stroke gain around the greens is going to come into play with a lot of these golfers missing greens. It does look like it's going to be pretty windy on Thursday and Friday. So I'll definitely keep an eye out for a potential you know, uh, tee time advantage. And then, uh, yeah, it's Texas. So guys that play and win, guys that have you know experience in Texas, I think never hurts. And each of the last four winners here have been in the top four strokes can approach. So again, uh, I do think iron play is going to be the most important stat that you want to look at, but that's pretty much the case you know, every week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, iron play, always a plus. I think distance is a plus here, uh, as long as you're, you can hit it uh, straight enough off the tee. So It'll be interesting to see how easy the course plays. Uh, we have seen several occasions where weather has has made an impact here. So uh, just keep a close eye on it. And uh, that's what I was trying to look up while you were talking to see uh, what we've got so far. So uh, Thursday, eight miles an hour, Friday, 15 miles per hour. So uh, just double check that forecast. They're getting 20 to 30 mile an hour winds in Texas today. So uh, too bad we didn't have golf today. 87 degrees <laughs> and 20 mile an hour winds tomorrow. Uh, so if there's a pro-am, they'll be hitting it all over the place. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, certainly a course that generally plays a little bit harder, obviously, if it's windy. Uh, last year, the first couple rounds, the scoring was pretty rough. Got better as the tournament went along. So anything else in general before we we dig in? No, I think uh, let's get into the field. All right. So I mentioned Rory playing this week uh, instead of last week intentionally. Uh, you have to think that he's not just going to pack it in. He obviously decided on this schedule for a reason. Um, we've got Matsuyama. We've got Spieth, who you talked about last week. Uh, me never writing him up and, and writing him up last week. And this was the tournament last year. I looked back at my article where I put him in there and said, you see the pig flying outside your window. That's uh, me talking up Jordan Spieth. So uh, worked out for me last year. One of the only times I, I've played him all year. Uh, so he's in the field this week. No surprise. We've got answer and we've got uh, DeChambeau as our golfers above 10 K. So how are you deciphering this group at the top? Well, right off the bat, I'm going to cross off the guys that are dealing with injuries. You know, Hideki Matsuyama withdrew from the players. I think he had a back or neck injury. Um, it was hard to decipher from other reports who came out that day. And then Bryson's been dealing with the hand and hip injuries. Um, he looked okay at times at the match played last week, but I think both of them are just here to try to, you know, get a tune-up for the Masters. I think, you know, if they don't get off the great starts, they're not going to be grinding out to make the cut. So um, I'm okay crossing them off. Uh, my list of targets. It's hard not to like Rory. I mean, he's going to be incredibly, you know, highly owned. Uh, you know, he rates out as the number one golfer in any model that you're going to look at. Like you mentioned, he's coming off of the rest last week. Um, he was second here in his only appearance in 2013 and pretty much checks all the boxes. You know, one of the best drivers of the ball in the game, pretty good iron numbers, pretty good everything. So uh, I like Rory uh, and the guy in the chat's asking, uh, is fading Rory a, a good way to just get leverage on the field in large 
field cash lineups. And uh, I don't really think you need to worry about leverage as much in cash myself. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't have, I mean, I, I wouldn't fade him in cash for any sort of leverage. Like that's a GPP strategy you can use, but yeah. uh, you don't want to be playing that angle. Like you don't want to be the only person not playing Rory in cash. If he projects as the best golfer, uh, yeah, if he misses the cut, it works out. But uh, if he doesn't, I mean, that could just give you a URL right there in cash games. So yeah, if you don't if you don't feel that comfortable with him, don't play him in your GPP lineups. But in cash, I, I am with you. I think he's your starting point. Yeah, I do too. And you know, he's always done different things before the Masters. Now, some weeks he likes to take the week before off. This week he wants to play um, the tournament before because he doesn't want to think about the Masters. Wants to focus all of his attention on this event. So I think he's going to play well. Um, he does have a win before a major. Three, four major in his career. Um, so he's my favorite up there. I think Spieth is fine. Um, the concern with him is his putting's been pretty bad over the last uh, couple months. I mean, I think last week he lost 6.6 strokes on the greens, and that's kind of tough because it's match play and, you know, some holes are conceded and whatnot, but uh, pretty ugly putting numbers last week. Um, so my favorite's going to be Rory. My second favorite's going to be Answer. If he's going to be 10%, um, I'll take my chances with him. Uh, he's from San Antonio, so it's essentially a home game for him. Never missed a cut here. Played really well last week, making it to the final eight. So, yeah, I like answer, and I like Rory up here. And the big question is Bryson. What do we do with Bryson? It was pretty easy to write him off last week, uh, but now we've got a weak field. <laughs> Who knows? Is he just going to be testing stuff out? Um, I'm out. I'm out. You're just totally out. I'm out of I'm out both the guys, Hideki and Bryson. All right. I, uh, Hideki, I, I'm with you. I, I think the injury concerns are too great. Um, Bryson, I don't know. He's more of a wild card for me. I, I think if you're – I wish he wasn't – we've got him at 14%. Like, if he's going to end up being 13 15 17%, I'm also probably out. Uh, I figured the world would be off of him, and, and I was maybe slightly interested because – I mean, let's be real. That the, the other factor here is that there's a drop off from the top range to the nine Ks. Like there's Gary Woodland was seven K a month ago. <laughs> Nobody wanted to play him. Then he had those two good, two good tournaments, and then he was chalk again, and he was brutal after that. And so I think my quote even was that I'm gonna, you know, I think I'm good on Woodland for a while. Now Woodland's 9,300. He's gonna be one of the highest stone guys in the field. So that just goes to tell you how much this field drops off. So that's why I don't know Bryson uh, still pending for me. I think he's interesting because I'm not playing Connors at 9,800 at 22% ownership. I'm too worried about how much golf he played last week. Unless he's is is Connors not in the Masters? Ooh, that's a good question. I got to look. I'm gonna, I, know, I got the Masters. Field. I know Richard Bland just needed uh, to beat DJ, and he would have been in last yeah. week. Connors is already in the Masters. I'm out on Connors. No I chance. I, I'm I think I am too. Um, I got to have a little bit because he rates out well. Um, he rates out as the second best golfer in my model this week if I you know, don't adjust for it. will be fatigue. the first best golfer <laughs> on the bench when he starts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's just a lot of golf. Um, yeah, I don't, Bryson just – I don't know. I, I, he could easily just miss the cut by five strokes. I don't think any of these other guys 
even in the nine Ks, I think they all have a little bit higher floors. Uh, granted, Bryson, if you're playing MME, certainly a higher ceiling than almost anyone in the field. They'll probably end up in my GPP pool, but uh, still, still deciding. So, and that's because I'm out on Connors, and that's solely because he's in the Masters and he played the full week. And granted, maybe he didn't have to work super hard against DJ and, and Casey. You know, pulled out after a couple holes, so maybe I'm overthinking that. But then uh, I just look and I see, well, he's going to be super chalk anyway, so we'll fade some chalk. So uh, that's the reason why I don't mind Bryson a little bit because I'm out on Connors. I'm out on a $9,600 Siwoo Kim. Uh, just and uh, you know, then the the field just drops off, but yet we've still got some chalk here. So, what, what, what about answer? You you have a yeah, I'm fine on? with the answer. Yeah, I didn't intentionally over overlook him, but I, I like your uh, your comments there. And I mean, he he's solid all. Like, I don't think he's just gonna go pack it in. And I, I think he'll get you he'll get you a made cut. And, and he's obviously got some win equity if he if he's in the mix headed to the weekend. So, yeah, I like answer. Uh, he's probably the number two behind McElroy if I'm ranking out that probably McElroy answer Spieth Bryson for me. And then I'm out on Matsuyama as well. All right. What of this nine K chalk are you eating? Yeah, it's all chalk. It's kind of weird. Um, and they all feel very overpriced, but, uh, my favorite of the bunch is going to be Chris Kirk. He's been playing really well. He's gained T to green in 11 straight and uh, plays this event every year. He's got a lot of high finishes. So 9,400 doesn't feel great, but uh, he's probably my favorite of the bunch. I don't mind going back to Woodland. Uh, you mentioned the back-to-back top fives and then the missed cut, but he did bounce back with the T21 after that. And, uh, you know, his numbers have been much better since the start of the year than they were at any point last year. He did finish T6 here uh, at this event last year. So those two would probably be my favorites, but Man, I kind of feel like I need to go back to Tony Fee now. This is, uh, if he was in a little bit better form, he'd easily be in the 10K range. I know he didn't play great. Actually, hasn't played great in a few months now, but uh, made a ton of birdies against Xander. I'm um, actually followed him a little bit um, in that match because nobody was watching those guys. Um, but yeah, so I think Fee now is interesting. 13% too. Um, I never thought he'd be cheaper than some of the names above him and be lower on. So uh, I like him a little bit. Yeah, we're gluttons for punishment with that one. Um, in the same boat, I have, I have him tagged up there in our lineup HQ tools, which of course you can get yourself access to Roto Grinders Premium. The Masters is next week, so uh, and baseball starts next week. Uh, good time if you are not a, a premium subscriber, if you're just watching us live on YouTube, head on over to rotogrinders.com and get yourself a, a premium subscription, the combo package that covers basically every sport. Um, they got all sorts of different, uh, uh, packages for you to, to choose from and time periods and all that. So check us out, rotogrinders.com, uh, best value for your money with, uh, with all the sports getting rolling here, NBA, NHL still going on golf, of course, with the masters coming up and, and baseball starting next week. So a uh, fun time of the year on the sports calendar. And if you do want to chat along with us during the show, we are in the Roto Grinders discord. You can access that for free as long as you have a Roto-Grinders account. So rotogrinders.com backslash discord. And we are in the live stream chat channel. You can find us in there during the show. We'll take your questions if you have them. All right. Um, so yes, I'm with you on Finau. I don't have a strong positive take on a lot of the other guys. I just think the ownership is a little bit uncomfortable, but I will probably sprinkle them in 
Um, Fina will definitely be the one I am the most overweight on. Uh, and the others, you know, it's uh, probably going to come down to what our final ownership numbers look like. And I'll be underweight on uh, some of the more popular ones just from a game theory perspective in GPPs. I think Kirk is probably your safest play if you're looking for kind of a cash game guy in that range. Anything else in the 9Ks that we missed? Well, poor Tegan Bradley. I think he's played 20, uh, you know, match plays in his career and he has one win. <laughs> Didn't pick up any more. not great. Week. Um, you know, he had like a four footer uh, to get another one under his belt, missed it on 18 last week. So uh feel bad for him. A good ball striker though, much better in stroke play. And then uh, what are you, are you buying into the Jason Day narrative? Needs to win to get into the Masters. Nope. Uh, yeah, I got another guy um, later on that we'll talk about. They need the same thing. Uh, another guy that needs a win to get in? Yep. Okay. Former, uh, see- former great. Ricky Fowler. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he's he's even farther down the list. We're not going to get to him for a while. He's at least uh, cheaper. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm out on day. Though it is strange to see Hadwin as chalk. Another guy that's just uh, been playing a lot better. Where do you stand on Hadwin? They're at 8,900. I'm okay with him or without him. I uh, don't love the ownership, but uh, been playing some good golf. I typically like him a little bit more on the shorter tracks. Uh, this is, you know, 7,400 yard plus course, but T23 here last year. Um, good putter. Don't really have a strong take one way or the other. I like the guys below them a little bit more. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I, again, okay, keeping him in your your player pool, but um, Streelman is a guy that uh, will pop a little bit. Like a lot of times people are just going, either going off a recent form with Hadwin or going off course history. Uh, but Again, I don't really think there's a huge step down from some of the 9K golfers to some of these. Um, Knox would be my favorite if you look at more near-term stats, like just in 2022 so far. Uh, Knox is pretty solid. I think eighth in this field um, in in ball striking this year. So uh, I'm I'm always a a sucker for Knox in these weaker fields. So uh, with the stats he's put up this year, um, wasn't too hard to sell me on Knox. So he's my favorite in the 8Ks. Uh, what are you looking at in here? Yeah, we had a question about Davis Riley and his price tag. I don't understand it either. Um, I have him as the 53rd best golfer in the field. And, you know, he's the whatever, uh, 18th most expensive. So uh, I don't think I'll be paying that much for him. And I'm surprised he's getting double digit ownership. Uh, I much prefer Knox, uh, but I also like Johnny Vegas uh, coming off of a T4 at Corrales. He lives in Houston, um, so very used to Texas. Um, I think he went to the University of Texas, too. And not the best course history, so I think that's why he's not getting a ton of love here. But he has been playing some great golf. Over the last nine months, he's top 10 off the tee and on approach in this field, which I like. And then moving down, uh, I like Mito Pereira. His ball striking numbers are back, so I'm not worried about him uh, being a first-timer here. And then I love Patton Kazire. Um, over his last five events, he's gained 13 strokes on approach. Uh, he was T9 here last year and very good putter. So uh, I think he makes a lot of sense at 8K. Uh, but the big question, Mark, that I want to ask you, what are you doing with Charlie Hoffman? Yeah, I don't know. Always good in Texas and uh, just struggled with injury for the last few months. But I guess he's healthy now. I, I, I don't know. It's not like we've seen a bunch of quotes from him or anything. And the first round leader uh, at the masters is coming around. I I don't know. It feels like nerve wracking, but uh, in theory, he's a strong play if he's healthy. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the Charlie Hoffman Open, but man, his numbers have been so bad. Tita Green is last five minus 3.4 minus 1.4 minus 4 minus 11 and minus 3 so i mean but how far back does that i mean how how long has it been since he's played five events it's probably been so like six months he's played four since the start of uh february oh i wouldn't have guessed that many with how many i guess it just stands out when he kept withdrawing every week right before um all right i, mean, I yeah, don't know some, some of it's injury related for sure but man it just seems like yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of wrote him up in my model as uh, if he's going to be low owned, I'll have some, and and he's going to be low owned. So I guess I got to stick with that. Yeah, I'll I'll get my uh, heartburn with Palmer, I guess. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> basically, the same play in theory. Yeah, I mean, both in terrible form, both love this event. Last five years here, Palmer has three top twenty fives or something along those lines, and two missed cuts. Uh, so that's pretty much uh, Ryan Palmer in a nutshell for you. Uh, anything else in the eight Ks uh, that uh, that you have come across? I think I'm going to be off a loop list. Uh, ever since his win, he's just kind of been, you know, treading water, some miscuts, a WD, didn't make out of match play. Um, do you have a strong take on him? He tends to be popular. Yeah, I'm probably out at that salary, and he'll probably end up coming in a little higher owned. Um, no strong take, but yeah, I'm probably out. I probably play Vegas over him. Yeah, me too. All right, uh, let's see. Did you touch on Kazire at all at AK? Yeah, probably my favorite play of the group. Let's go ahead and move down into the uh, 7.6 to 7.9k range. Not a whole lot of chalk from here on out because the field really starts to thin out. So uh, you're going to see a whole lot of guys that are basically six seven eight nine percent owned and it becomes pick your favorite as opposed to a whole lot of game theory down here uh so go ahead you can talk about Fowler now because he finally <laughs> has arrived i mean i'm gonna regret it for sure but uh hey he gained six strokes ball striking at the apis last time out and uh back-to-back top 17s at this event so i don't know i mean it seems like uh, something there's something there um so i'm gonna take a little bit of him at 7700 he actually doesn't rate out as like a terrible play for me which is rare um and i always have a soft soft spot for him but uh if i'm doing single entry i much prefer uh kh lee he's made 11 straight cuts he has a win in texas he always plays well at these tpc courses and he doesn't really have a weakness um back-to-back top 25s at this event as well so he's my favorite play in the range and then i'm also going to be uh going to brendan still He's won this event, and uh, after just some terrible golf, uh, he's finally found something. Gained 7.3 and 11.8 strokes ball striking in his last two outings. So uh, if he can get anywhere close to that um, at an event that he's won, feels comfortable on these greens, I think he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's a nice upside play, kind of like that one. Um, though they're all going to sound a little better than, than Fowler uh, for me, but uh, <laughs> I don't think the Fowler argument is is horrible this week, and that's about as much of an endorsement as I generally give with with Ricky. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't think it's horrible. Kuchar's had some results here. If you want to play the course history angle, but again, there's just not not a whole lot. I mean, Tigal has been playing fairly well. He's shown some sparks at times this year. He's also going to be the highest owned in this range. Uh, I feel like no matter what I do with Doug Gim now is going to fail because if I just keep fading him now after i missed out on the one good week uh he's probably gonna just keep it rolling and if i go back to the well it feels like he's gonna go back to his usual you know t50s but uh, what are you doing with my boy gim 
And he just seems to be so when he has one good week, just the masses just come flocking in and, and play him. So I, I rarely play him, um, which is weird because I usually like the ball striker types that can't butt. But for whatever reason, I, he's just never on my radar. Um, he is a Texas guy. So if you want to play that angle, I certainly don't mind it. But um, from for me, I'm just going to play him with the players and uh, fade him every other week from here on out, I think. The motto of Doug Gim for Noto. So. All right, so Noto likes Cage, Lee, Fowler, uh, Steele in that range. I'll probably get sucked into a little bit of Gim, um, but uh, definitely kind of a wide open. The rest of this is pretty wide open. I think Laird at 7,500 is another guy that I like. Um, really strong history here. The the last five years, he's gained, I think, 20-some-odd strokes on the field, uh, and his stats don't look too bad uh, lately. I think he's top 20 in ball striking on tour this year. So uh, Laird at 7,500, I think is one of the uh, safer plays in this kind of uh, mid tier value range. So I like him at 7,500. Anybody else kind of around that 7,500 mark that you like? I don't mind Laird. And for whatever reason, I've never thought of him as a really bad putter, but he's almost dead last on tour in, in strokes game putting. I don't know if that's a recent development with him or do you remember him being a bad putter? Uh, not that good? bad, not like yeah. Kyle Stanley bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty bad lately. So if he can just turn it around a little bit, you mentioned his course history. I think just finding something, uh, having a little more confidence at a course that you like uh, does make some sense. Uh, what about Rasmus uh, Hoygaard up at the top? I mean, I haven't, I haven't played him yet. I haven't played yeah. any of them uh, yet, but uh, he's playing good. Yeah, he is. I, I, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, Probably a depends on the ownership thing, but uh, I think there is a reasonable ceiling there compared to some others, you know, maybe in this range that don't have as much ceiling. I, I think his miscut odds are probably a little higher than the Coochers and, you know, some of those guys. But if you're looking GPPs, uh, it's, it's, there's certainly some potential with him. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. And Coocher and Poulter, they're going to probably make the cut, give you T35s, so... Um, if that's what you're looking for, it's not bad price for them. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move down to the uh, lower half of the 7K range. You got any favorites in there? Uh, I'm looking at Lucas Glover, a guy that uh, I just looked at strokes gained in Texas, and uh, he's second only to Jordan Spieth over the last four years. So tends to play very well in Texas, T14, T4 here the last two years. Recent form doesn't look good at all, but it's mostly been with the short game. So uh, maybe you can turn that around a little bit this week. After that, I don't have anybody that really stands out. I mean, Dylan Fratelli is a Texas guy. <laughs> Did I heard he was on PJ Tour Live last week. Did you see that? Really? No, I didn't. He was just on that. He was an on-course reporter last week. Uh, at the, getting at the that supplemental fund, so. income. <laughs> I, that's, that was kind of strange to me. So I got to go uh, look at some highlights there, but. In the lower range, I like Alex Smalley. Um, I mean, we've both been on him a ton since the swing season, so might as well keep it going. Almost one last week at, at Corrales. I like Pat Perez, kind of a similar to Kucher and Poulter in that he's probably going to grind out a made cut for you, but he's uh, a little bit cheaper than those two. And then I like Matias Schwab. Back-to-back um, -back top sevens in Florida and Puerto Rico and then uh, made the cut last week, but his stats look pretty good this year. And I think it was uh, – I didn't play him last week, but I think it was just like one bad round. Maybe he had two really good rounds and two bad rounds. I can't remember, but I know he was kind of bebopping up and down the leaderboard yeah. there at uh, Corrales last week. 
we didn't have shot link, but uh, I was doing the the showdown projection. So I tried to use the old school, you know, driving accuracy, driving distance and, and greens and regulation for the ball striking. And he was the top five all week and then just couldn't, couldn't do anything on and around the greens is my guess. And uh, I'm with you on Smalley. I, I think Smalley is the, the best point per dollar value uh, in the field. I mean, and again, we've both been on him. So I, I played him last week. Uh, he was in my player pool and uh, I'm not going <laughs> to in a weak field where he's like 7k. Uh, I am, I'm absolutely not going to, you know, walk away from that now. So I'm in on Smalley. That was a pretty easy call. Uh, we'll have hit quite a bit of him at, at that salary. Just seems like he could probably be 77, 7,800 and would still rate out pretty well. So anything else in the seven K's that uh, we missed that you like? Uh, along the same lines as Smalley, I like Taylor Moore. Um, he was been great for him until the Florida stretch. Uh, maybe just Florida golf isn't his, you know, cup of tea. Um, so I don't mind going back to him. His stats are pretty solid. And then Bo Hosser is the Texas guy. Um, a couple of recent top 20s. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I bumped him up 15% and he still rates out as a bad play. So that's not great from a modeling standpoint. But um, he's one of those guys that I just play when he's in Texas. Yeah, well, he seems to pop here for whatever reason. Uh, Richard Bland, Richard Bland to get into the Masters. Are we buying that narrative? I mean, man, the guy, he's got some grit to him. I mean, uh, he's a grinder. I wish I wish he played over here a little bit more because, you know, we only see him in the big events and it's kind of hard to tell if it's fluky or not. But, um, I mean, he's always a guy I'm rooting for. I always like the, the underdogs. So I probably won't play much of him, but I, I'll cheer for him. All right. Uh, Neesmith, I don't mind at 7,100. Uh, always kind of chased his upside. He had a pretty good start a few weeks back, though he is looking to be perhaps one of the most popular guys in that range. Um, and, I mean, you might want to mix and match some of those low-end 7K plays to round out your lineups because, boy, the 6Ks, it's it's ugly. Uh, there's just a whole lot of 3 and 4 percenters in here. Do you have anybody that stands out to you in the 6Ks? Uh, not really. Um, the model likes Andrew Putnam a little bit. Uh, he does have a top 10 finish here a couple of years ago. But, I mean, he's just been terrible recently. Um, and he's mostly just a putter, you know, one of the shorter hitters in the field. So, I don't feel great about that. Um, do you have anybody? I'll try to. <laughs> oh, what about Peter Uline? Um, he rates out as a decent value for, value for me. Been playing well on the Corn Ferry Tour. Min, stone minimum at 6K. Yeah, I played a little bit of him last week, too, at uh, Corrales. He made the cut. Um, didn't do much else, but uh, I don't hate it at that at 6K. Uh, he's definitely the best play at 6,000. That's yeah. no doubt. Um, <laughs> probably Snet the best play Snet under 65. Snedeker's 6,300. I didn't even know he was here. He, he crushes this event. The mighty have fallen. Um I mean, I tagged Svensson because I just think he's some he has shown a ceiling occasionally. Uh, but it's not like I love it by any means. I just think he's a solid risk reward guy like Buckley, maybe. Uh, but nothing that just stands out as amazing. Looks like yeah. your model numbers don't hate Putnam. Yeah, Putnam, yeah. He's fine. Matt Wallace, maybe 6,400. He was 30 or last year. But he's missed like eight cuts in a row, so don't feel great about that. I mean, yeah, this is a week where I just – I don't think you need to dip into here. You said much. that you didn't – you thought the field was okay. 
at the top I, at the top. <laughs> it was top heavy too top heavy I mean, and to be to be fair the 6k range this week might be better than the 6k range next week with all those old dudes in with there. all the uh all the retired guys yeah it's uh it's a little always ugly with the masters as well but patrick rogers is 6600 I mean, he used to be a guy that would bomb it off the tee and putt well, and lately he's not doing either. Of he's those not things. doing anything well. So, uh, yeah, that's not not a great combo. That's a no for me. All right, Aaron um, Rye. Aaron Rye. We played him a lot a few months ago. Yeah, I think he missed the cut last. He missed the cut last week at Corrales. He did. He missed he the three, cut on the number. He three putted his last hole, and I was uh, he was in my main lineup. I was pretty mad about it, but then the cut ended up moving another stroke. So yeah, yeah, it did. By. So. <laughs> So it's okay. <laughs> was the very last golfer in the field move the cut line? Uh, would have been a wild cut sweat in a full field event, but uh, didn't get too much attention, obviously, because it was just Corrales. But uh, it was a, it was a pretty crazy cut sweat there uh, last week. Well, uh, I think we've uh, tried to uh, navigate. Anything else in the? Uh, I accidentally closed the Discord. Anything else in the Discord chat? Uh, let me look. Uh, we could talk about Tiger and where his uh, plane's at right now. So Tiger's airplane was getting airtime on the Twitter machine this morning, and Noto gave it the eyeballs. So Tiger went to Augusta. So everyone thinks he's playing next week. Yeah, I just Noto think he's playing next week. There's thousands of private investigators just tracking his every move. We saw him at Medalist, uh, you know, taking a swing and walking the course, and now his jets headed to Augusta national or, or around those parts. So I don't know. Uh, I think he's going to, I hope he's going to tee it up obviously. And I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy that's just going to go out there if he doesn't you know, think he's ready. So if he plays, I think he's going to at least feel confident enough to be you know, pretty good next week. So would you play uh, him in DFS? I mean, I've never not played him in DFS, even when, uh, even at like the hero his first week back in six years or whatever that was. Um, but that was the hero. This is the masters. Oh yeah. I'm, that was one of my best weeks is when he won the masters a couple of years ago. So I, I, I know that, but he wasn't coming off of a year or whatever layoff. doesn't matter. It's tiger. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, there's one guy I have a blind spot for and, and that's him. So, Oh, and maybe, maybe some Ricky too this week. <laughs> we'll see how that fares. If that fares well, then uh, I'll go back to Tiger. So that's foreshadowing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be fun, even if he doesn't suit up or you know, whatever the term is for golf um, and put his uh, golf cleats on. It's going to be a fun week and can't wait for it. Well, we'll see if Tiger ends up uh, teeing off at the Masters. Surely the uh, TV ratings. Uh will not suffer if he does and uh, the talking heads will have no shortage of of talking points so uh, we'll see that's next week of course uh, that tournament needs no introduction so we'll have obviously a uh, uh, loaded show for you next week for the masters and uh, plenty of good content as well and uh, also be sure to check out scores and odds our uh, roto grinders sports betting arm the number one place to find all things sports betting. Got expert picks, analysis, and tools over there. We've constantly uh, been rolling out new stuff, giving you all the advantages you need to become a better sports better. Check that out at scoresandodds.com to get more information. So with that, I think we're going to put a bow on uh, this week's show. Again, fairly weak field at the bottom. So it uh, didn't take us too much time to, to get through those value plays. But uh, wish you the best of luck in the warm-up week to the Masters. And uh, we'll catch you back here uh, next week and be sure to tune in for the, uh, the show. So 
uh, mark your calendars for around that uh, 745 Eastern time slot uh, for next week. And uh, maybe if we can uh, get enough people chatting along with us live in the discord next week, maybe we can do a giveaway or something. We'll have to uh, coordinate that with Devin. So uh, thanks to Devin for producing behind the scenes for us. Thanks to uh, Noto as always for joining me. I'm Justin. Have a great week and good luck with all your lineups, everybody. We'll see you back here next week for the Masters.